0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on slash recommend today. You're listening to BGN Radio.
1: Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys.
0: What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, we're live. This is this is exciting. We haven't been live in a while. Uh, still waiting on Sean Brace. He's supposed to be joining me, but he is not here right now, but it doesn't matter anyway. It is BGN Radio episode number 145. We're going to be talking about uh, the Super Bowl, prop bets, uh, some Eagles news as uh, in there as well. As, uh, I don't know. It seems like, uh, <laughs> as I was just talking about Twitter, it seems like this Johnny Manziel thing is kind of taking a life of its own. It's more... Uh, more of a story than the uh, than the Super Bowl has given us here but welcome aboard uh, glad to have you with us and of course uh, um, I got to give a shout out to uh, 31 apparel it's 31 apparelcom they sent us some t-shirts more, more than likely and this is what's been brewing uh, for a couple of a uh, couple of days now what's going on Matty? Uh as you can uh, join us in the Mixler uh, chat room if you're out there if you're on the replay I apologize uh, but um, I, I tell you this uh, yeah the 31 apparel guys have really awesome uh, NFL uh, t-shirts and they're not like not like normal ones it's 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 kind of like a, a little bit of a twist so they've got uh, this awesome like liberty bell with an eagle flying over very cool go check them out uh, and and it leads me to the fact that I think we're going to be doing a draft party with these guys and they're going to be making t-shirts uh, for the draft party so we'll let you know what's going on with that soon we have a couple of venues in place for NFL draft party, so once we get done with the you know the exciting Super Bowl, uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But uh, yeah, I mean let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, obviously, the two biggest things that we haven't talked about this entire week: Vinny Curry gets extended. Now, I know that seems like it's been forever ago, but here he is. He's he's finally here. Uh, you know, I think Patrick, uh, myself, Ben, a lot of people had suspected Vinnie Curry is probably going to be the next guy that wasn't named Lane Johnson. Uh, Nine million dollars a year on the camp? Yeah, I think that's about right. I said it at the time. I still think it is. I think it's. I think that is you're gonna get market value for a guy that was gonna go out and be a pass rusher in a four three. So I don't really see an issue with that at all. I think that's you know the guaranteed money. Every single one of these contracts has been fine so far, and that's where I'm really, really I don't understand a lot of people freaking out about it. I mean that's a, we're gonna go through the same things every time. Uh, you know, with with whoever's gonna get signed next. Uh, whether that's Fletcher Cox, and I saw some people just kind of freaking out about the reported 120, you know, $10 million for $60 million guaranteed. You have to pay these guys. And this isn't something that it's where, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the stream of like, oh, these are really good signings. They're, I don't know if they're great signings. I think it's they're just necessary. You have to do these things. And on top of the fact, they're Howie's guys. How he drafted all these guys, so it's not—it's a pretty much no-brainer that those things are going to happen. You know, like you're going to put—that's what I keep asking myself. Would you pay Reggie White? Of course, you're going to pay Reggie White, and don't worry about it. Matt Daring forever has said that NFL contracts are toilet paper, and we get ourselves way into a tizzy about all of these different, like, well, how are they going to fit all these guys in here if they really want Bradford, which they don't. It's—it's it's pretty obvious now that we can, I think, get to that point where you're. You know, you're looking at Doug Peterson's comments. Uh, he had an interview with Derek Gunn, uh, to, you know, v- very much talking up the fact that wants to get in there and draft a young quarterback and develop him. Maybe there's a guy on this roster that can just, you know, be there until that guy's ready. And a lot of people assumed, oh, he's probably talking about Sam Bradford, but I honestly think he's probably talking about Mark Sanchez there. You know, I think the writing's on the wall with uh, everything. I th- Everybody's tone has changed on that. But even if they do want Sam Bradford, there's room for, them. you know, there's room for basically everybody that the that they want on here. So I, I I wouldn't get too wrapped up in that. Plus you need you need that stuff here. I think Jason Peters taking a taking a pay cut's not going to happen. You know that's uh, he, he's going to be here for the nine million dollars. If he goes less, that's great, that works out. But you're still going to need his services for the next year. Um, and the big story that kind of came out just yesterday uh, in back and forth was the Enrap report had been reporting that the Eagles and DeMarco Murray are going to come to a head on this thing which I thought was kind of surprising. Uh obviously I think we all know that Chip Kelly's 100% responsible for that in the contract but uh and this is still this is something that I still don't understand is where you know there's <laughs> listen listen you you're going to take that 13 million dollar cap hit this year if you cut him. So it's very unlikely that they're going to cut him but I just even if they do like what are you really missing out on there? Sure, there's $5 million that you could, you know, put in between somewhere, uh, I guess, for, for depth. for I mean, like you're talking about $2.5 million. That, that's very much non-starter money or a starter at that point. And it's, it's, it's been explained to me, at least that maybe I don't understand this, but if you cut him now and take that $13 million cap hit this year, that doesn't roll over into 2017. So maybe I have that wrong unless it's the same kind of cut that you're going to have uh, yeah, yeah, that, that same time, if it only saves you that $3 million or $4 million or whatever, uh, then I understand it. Then there's really no point in doing it. You might as well have him on the field. But if he's brought a big pain in the ass and, like, you know, simultaneously he's on ESPN saying, I want to be here long term. I want to be an Eagle. You hear Doug Peterson, who's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to Doug about uh, running, you know, north and south, which was which is what the whole narrative was last year. You know, I want to run more Dallas plays, I think is what he said, too. I to get you more involved. Run more of that inside-outside zone underneath the center, which everybody's been begging for this entire offseason to me, again, just boils up to let's just do the opposite of what we were doing. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. And I, that's why this whole thing, I, I'm still pretty neutral. I'm still pretty neutral on everything that's happened so far. It's very hard to judge what it's going to be like next year in February without even a free agency period, without a draft period. So, you know, I I, I don't know. Like, there's – I don't know what's going to happen there. I doubt that they're going to do anything with him. I just think that that means that he's definitely not going to be here uh, next year. You know, I think that's a foregone conclusion no matter who would be in here. The same with, again, how the people are have been signed. You know, you're not going to see Lane Johnson walk. You're not going to see Fletcher Cox walk. These are all – Simple things. I, I think to an extent last year we said the same thing about Michael Kendricks. You know, there's a lot of different trade rumors and different packages that he would be in, but, you know, he's he's here. I think Howie had – if you look back at that even too, I think that there was – even last year, that might even be a Howie call. You know, if they, if, if they had as much control or, you know, if they were thinking about it long term and there was stuff going on, I'm pretty sure that Michael Kendricks was still – somewhat had howie's fingerprints on it that's a guy he drafted it's a, it's the same guys that are that he wants to be able to you know set in the ground and say these are my guys and we're going to go move forward and you know, about that I know we've also talked largely about the front office this week and look it's not we don't know it's not great it's in my eyes this is not it's still it's still the same setup you're still dealing with the same problems the only problem i had this week was that Tom Donahoe, or whoever had been speaking, I guess, you know, for the first first part of the week here was saying that, yeah, we'll just, he's going to be more hands-on with the personnel because he's been around the college and the pro scouting departments. And I, and that that to me, I don't know why anybody didn't raise the question of just like, wait, time out, like, everybody knows he's not around Novacare right? <laughs> you know, he might be Skyping in and, and doing all those things. And the second part of this, and I know Brandon's been really huge on it, is is the fact that, you know, Howie has it still hasn't been good enough of a GM, and plus he's been out of the scouting department for a year. So this this kind of lines up to well, I don't know what's going to happen in the draft, and it's kind of scary. You know, I, I feel free to freak out on this because there there hasn't been any great signs of this being a great plan leading up to this. Um, I, obviously, people are going to tell you, yeah, there's there's not going to be any uh, you know they, the, the guys that they're going to bring in have to get fired first. So that's fine and all, but. You know, I I just I have a serious problem of putting all the eggs in the basket. And after t- hearing Phil Savage talk last week on the Fanatic to uh, Jeff Mosher and Aton Shander about like, yeah, he's he needs a strong personnel guy. I don't know if Tom Donahoe is that strong of a guy. I mean, he's more of a name at this point than anything else. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it's not. Uh, it's not exactly the the best situation that anybody's going to be in here moving forward, so that's why I really don't care about the extensions part. So i want to go back to that because there's you, you have to keep those guys here. That's part of your core, and you have to build on that. So you're banking on that Howie Roseman is going to be able to pick those guys at 13, and look, they're going to pick a franchise quarterback. Howie Roseman is yet to do that. So, I, I, again, this kind of leads all to a head where, Sam Bradford's probably not going to be back. You're going to have Mark Sanchez, Chase Daniel, or some random free agent be your QB. And my guess is is that they're all horns up. Pick 13 for QB, which is interesting because I I want to go to the phones because we've had a a couple of interesting phone calls this week uh, about the running game situation and obviously about DeMarco Murray. Uh, And first up is uh, actually I want to check in with our good friend Stephen Lee. Uh, down in, uh, where is he at? West Palm Beach, Florida, because he had a kind of interesting take uh, on this as well, as we'll get to Stephen What's up,
1: later. BGN? This is uh, Stephen Lee, just checking in from West Palm Beach, Florida, during this slow, slow, slow offseason. Uh, well, every now and then you get a narrative that's uh, kind of interesting, and today, obviously, was all about DeMarco Murray. So I'm calling in just to kind of gauge your guys' thoughts on the whole Murray situation. You know, I don't see how it's – possible to cut him especially with 13 million dollars of just dead money Um, but there was a lot of conflicting reports today you know one that he's uh, according to Rappaport that he's you know poised for a stare down with the Eagles this offseason then he's on ESPN simultaneously saying he wants to be back and it it appeared to be genuine But who really knows Um, I thought Jimmy Kemsky brought up a great point in the Eagles kind of sneakily maybe needing a running back going forward so um, how do you see this kind of unfolding during the offseason? Do you see the Eagles maybe reaching for someone like a Kenneth Dixon, who I do think is going to be a good running back? Um, or, you know, do we do we extend Matthews? I mean, what's what's the deal with running back? What are your guys' thoughts on the whole thing? Thanks,
0: guys. Uh, yeah, no, we appreciate the call, Stephen Lee, every time, man. Uh, it's kind of interesting there, too, because I, I would almost, and this has been heavily debated in the BGN radio text, right? And that's why I think Stephen's point's important here. Look, Ezekiel Elliott, is, is probably going to be a late first-rounder, I would assume. Uh, I get scared because it's Big Ten running backs, and I always get, to, you know, my butt clenches up when that happens. Uh, but I would be open to it at 13. That's what I'm saying. Like, there are there are so many better players at their positions than a lot of these guys are at quarterback. And I know we've had this discussion before. But Ezekiel Elliott and, and the running back position is going to be a sneaky need here if DeMarco Murray and this thing kind of come. You look, there's Sproles, there's Matthews. And there's Murray. They're not getting younger. You know, Sproles is probably done after this season. Ryan Matthews you could never rely on uh, ever since he's been here. And really his entire career, for being honest, in San Diego. But there's – see, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's that look ahead there. I even said that last year when it was kind of crazy that you spent all this money – or you spent what, whatever it was, $13 million on running backs, but it was one of the most predominant running back classes that I think we've seen in a long time. I don't think it's as strong this year, but there are still some guys there, some young guys that you could put in, which – kind of like makes the Murray signing all that much more baffling when you look at it in retrospect and even even in it. I know we were all yelling and screaming about that. If you had Duke Johnson in here, if you had, you know, some of those uh, even the later round guys your John Crockett's or whatever, at least somebody that's in there, obviously Kenyon Barner's here um, and, you know, had shown some flashes towards the end of the year when DeMarco Murray was sitting. But, yeah, I would say running back is kind of a, a small, sneaky need Uh, At this point and uh, and in the elusive second round pick again, I think is going to make people kind of panic into doing some of those stupid things like maybe that is trading back. Maybe that is, you know, taking a running back early as early as 13. I don't know. I think it would be crazy without establishing who your offensive lineman is first. But uh, that all could change, too, in just uh, just kind of the scheme that they do. Uh, but I, I, it's pretty obvious to me, and that's like that's what we realized last year. Is we, as much as we talk about the Guardy McBeefs in this draft, you know, and as much as Matt Daring and those guys will make fun of it, it's true. Like you cannot go to that different type of downhill running scheme with those guys in there; it just won't work. We've seen that already, and that's probably a, uh, one of the reasons why you know Brent Selick is here because they're not going to sure they're not so sure how that that class is going to kind of fall into now, along with, you know, free agency and a, a bunch of other things here. But you can't – there is that, that – there's no mauler to do those things. You know, as as much as we make fun of the Dallas off- offensive line, they have a couple of maulers on there, at least in the running game. Pass protecting, they kind of like, you know, they're losing their shirts and taking dumps in their pants. Uh, but as far as the running game is concerned, at least there's that momentum moving forward. And look, you can't do that with those guys. That's why those – uh, awful jet sweeps came. That's why you had guards pulling more times than not. That's why you had Jason Kelsey kind of losing his lunch against, uh, you know, for the first half of the season. got better as it went on. But, yeah, I, I would think running back and again, I, I you know, as much as we love Vinnie Curry and as much as we're going to love Brand, uh, Brandon Graham at a wide nine, I think you can fit a lot of different guys in there and they'll be successful. Uh, you know, running back and, and defensive line, defensive end really are are two pretty big needs that no one's paying attention to. You're always going to have holes somewhere. We every single year I think we always have the same discussion of like, well, you absolutely need a safety, you know, d- drink, you absolutely uh need to you need more offensive line depth. You absolutely need uh, uh linebackers. You absolutely need this or that or this or that. I, I you, this is a perfect draft to Establish getting good players, and I know that's so freaking non-analysis. But again, like at thirteen, if Ezekiel Elliott's there, and most of those big-time wide receiver names are gone, if most of those offensive linemen are gone, which the more and likely they will be, I don't know where White Chair and all those guys are going to end up falling. It's going to come really down to where uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of the combine where they're going to uh, move forward here. So. But if Ezekiel is there, I'm kind of buying into that. I'm a little reluctant still. Like I would never trade up for a running back. I don't think that's. I don't think that's ever a good thing either. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I'm curious. Let us know at BGN underscore Radio at John Barchard. I'm curious if you think that taking a running back in the first round would make a lot of people scream and yell. Basically, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So I. <laughs> I it, it is possible. It is possible that it is a, a bigger need than people are thinking, especially if this is coming to a head here. But, uh just uh, want to switch gears for just a little bit. I know we had uh, another phone call. Uh, interesting enough, I think this is actually uh, a bonus, is where we're going to have uh, in, uh, a Sixers question. Well, we'll take it all. It's Super Bowl weekend, so uh, go ahead. Yeah, I got a
1: uh, two-part question. Uh, one about the Eagles and uh, another one about the uh, Sixers. Um, first off, About the Eagles, how good do you think the running game could be next year in the upcoming season? And uh, about the Sixers, if we get Ben Simmons in the first pick, would you trade Okafor to go after Chris Dunn so we have a legit point guard? (laughs) Ah, about that. Just just let me know what um, what you think.
0: all right. Well, first of all, I mean that was a okay. So we got how? I mean, how good is the the running game going to be? And again, I I think that's an un- yeah, I got a, un- a un- well, play,
1: question. Uh, plays uh, over one more
0: time. I apologize. I think it's I think there is uh, no way of knowing what the running game is going to be like until until free eight until after the draft because that's that's a really car- hard question to answer. But I will sneak in the uh, I will sneak in uh, the Sixers thing. Okafor is not going to get traded for. Chris Dunn especially Chris Dunn. Yes, I would do it in a heartbeat, but there's I don't think Ogrefer is going to be a traded uh for nearly, nearly any of that. With the the problem uh with the Sixers and really the NBA's, so there's there's enough decent big men and I don't think Ogrefer offers enough uh, to garnish to garnish that type of pick cuz he's going to be in the top, you know, 5, uh if not the top 3. So, uh that, that's kind of my take on that. But yeah, I know there's a lot of like there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot – I, I just get the sense, and I don't know if everybody feels that too, is that just everything that's happening now is is better than than it was last year. And it could be – and, you know, it's, it's just I don't feel that way. I don't feel that kind of like overwhelming, oh, this is, this is going to be so much better. There's still a lot of humongous question marks, especially if you do not have a quarterback rolling into here. You know, we are talking ourselves into Paxton Lynch. We are talking ourselves – into golf and again i'm gonna pound this home as many times as i can if and you know joel's in there is one of those people and i think matt is too that's saying like no way would i take a running back in the first round i'm i'm with you there i think there are better things to do uh there especially when you're because you only take those guys unless you are sure like that is going to be a bona fide hall of famer and i even made fun of the rams you know for for drafting last year but uh oh he would take him would take him sorry matt is saying he would take him so um Uh, so there, yeah, I'm, I'm actually against that then I'm, I'm not, unless you know that he's going to be without a doubt, like the next Adrian Peterson, which I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is, I think he's going to be a a very good running back, but I think he's a tad bit overhyped overhyped. And I know that's, I think that's a lot of the due to Ohio state and, and all that stuff, but you really have to consider, you know, that's where I need Howie to be very confident in his evaluations and Tom Donahoe and all that. Uh, because, and, well, that's this is me projecting, really, because I don't know what they're thinking, but this would be my plan, uh, is, is making sure that you land a quarterback in the third round and then again in the fifth plus. Take one day two and take one day three, because there really isn't going to be, I would rather, at this point, if you're going to move on from Bradford, I don't think this team is a contender at all. I don't think that how good the defense could be, you might be able to pull out seven, eight wins, you might be able to get, you know, uh, a crappy playoff berth but at the end of the day we're still finding ourselves with the same questions and the same answers since 2013 since 2012 10 whenever it has been you need to find that guy that is that is a no almost a no doubter and i know that's a, silly, a very silly thing to say but the quarterback class is stronger next year it just is even if it's just Watson alone it's worth not investing heavily into a quarterback this year it just isn't It isn't. You you get lucky. This is the year to try and get lucky and not invest and not be so formulaic with, we need a quarterback. We need a guard. We need a this. We need a that. If you are going to find the things that are going to be overwhelmingly uh, powerful in this draft class as far as talent, and draft those things. Because at the end of the day, a lot of those guys are going to stick in and say, this is my next franchise quarterback. This is my next, you know the all-pro and, and all uh, lineman, and we've seen that happen before. And somehow the Eagles got lucky in 2013 and didn't take any of those awful offensive linemen at the top. They got lucky with Lane Johnson, and thank God. They got a future left tackle there. They got it. So, And out of that entire first round, nothing. I mean, there's nothing there if you go back and look to it. So, I again, I just think it is – it is a primo example, and I know best position available doesn't really exist, but best position on your board, you know, whether that spark scores, whether that's anything else, <laughs> take them, take them there. Uh, but uh, I, I tell you what, we wanna we wanna focus more on on the Super Bowl. It's only once a year that we get to talk about this, and hey, guess what? Uh, nobody's been able to talk about the Eagles in a Super Bowl for whatever what are we going on 15 years now uh so, no to i can't even do math but regardless this matchup is really interesting and i think more of the outside stuff again there hasn't been the, there hasn't been too much of the of, you know the kind of immediate day stuff that's been going on here back and forth there isn't like any huge big stories leading up to this thing i think if it was tom brady and the patriots you'd hear a lot more things there'd be a ton of more hype going on here but uh it is it is kind of old guard versus new guard And I know that it's really easy to compare, at least for me, uh, you know, the 85 Bears that kind of came along here where uh, (laughs) I don't know if anyone caught that 30 for 30. I actually haven't seen that yet, but um, I think that there is uh, a lot of swagger from the 85 Bears on this Carolina Panther team. I don't know if anybody else feels that either, but I just kind of feel at least that there. The attitude is there. Whether that's taking pictures on the sideline, whether that's you know just having a lot of fun out there, which is which is what this should be and it was. I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people are too young to remember. And look, I'm I'm not saying I'm an old old feller or anything. I just remember, you know, the late '80s and the '90s. It was it was really fun. Like you had guys, even with the illegal penalties. And I know that it's like, look, I don't want anybody throwing up a stiff arm and dancing all over the place and like catching a touchdown and doing the Cabbage Patch. But it was fun. It was a fun time. It's still a fun sport now. I'm not saying that 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 was better than anything else, but at least Carolina has a resemblance of that. Uh, And maybe they aren't the best defense in the world, but damn, do they have some of the greatest defensive players in the game right now. And so does Denver. And I think that's why it's most intriguing that you finally have two of the best defenses going at each other. I mean, this is basically what every Philadelphia fan has ever wanted in, in anything. It's two two guys that are going to – or two defenses that are going to be completely slobberknockering, uh, you know, the crap out of everybody. And I think where the advantage here is – I don't know if everybody feels this way as well. And, yes, look, it would be great. I would love to see Peyton Manning kind of ride out into the sun if this is going to be his retirement year and, and win a Super Bowl ring because I think at the end of the day uh, that's what's really holding him back from a lot of people saying he's one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks ever to play this thing. And we can have that debate forever. And I know a lot of pre- people are going to jump out and say, no way, Tom Brady's much better quarterback. And I'd probably say you're right. But uh, I, I think we get into a recency bias again with with seeing him struggle, with seeing his noodle arm uh, this entire year for how awful that he's been this year. You know, Brock Alswether was was one of the main, main guys that kind of got him into the spot too and still went out there and won games. But when you have Peyton Manning... Uh, he was so dominant for so many years. And I know personally, like, I listen, I freaking hate that he owns so many Papa John's. I hate that, like, there's a lot of people that associate him with a, a lot of dumb, like, NFL fans out there. And I get that part of it. But just as, yeah, yeah, Paint Manning was 14-4 this year. <laughs> nice, man, as he's dropping in. So uh, I, I would love to see both sides of this thing. And I think for me... I, I, I am rooting for Carolina. I am, I, because that, that to me, uh, I don't know, not, maybe it's just because I think they deserve it. Uh, maybe it's because I want to see Cam Newton freaking, you know, take some of these prop bets home and open up his uh, his uh, Superman coat and do a bunch of dabs and we can all bet on that on, in Vegas. And I think that's very exciting. But um, just as far as like a game-by-game thing, I just think, you know, if you're going to stick, I, I, I doubt you will see uh, Norman, on Emmanuel Sanders. I don't I don't think that they'll, they'll they'll or no, I excuse me. I think you will see that a lot into this into the Super Bowl uh, cuz I don't think they're you're going to waste your main guy on uh De'Marius Thomas who's kind of struggled up and down this year. I think when when the when the bright lights have come on for him uh and I know that's it's a horrible analysis, but he just hasn't had the same type of year. I think Emmanuel Sanders is way more a threat to uh, the Carolinas' defense, than Demarius Thomas. And just because I'm saying that, he's going to go down and score two touchdowns and have 120 yards or something like that and be MVP. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of how I see this matchup playing out. They're going to probably take out their best weapon there. Um, I really think that and, – and Vegas is saying this too, and maybe I'm just going with that maybe that's a bad thing. But I, I like the Carolina plus six. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think this is going to be a game where it really comes down to – uh, yeah like the the first half's gonna be completely boring they're gonna fill each other out I think that happens pretty much every Super Bowl uh, uh, and unless I don't know I, I, I would either take a very close game or Carolina absolutely blowing them out by 30 or 20 or something like that uh, I think that would be kind of an in, in an interesting way. Uh, to kind of end the season, it would be a horrible way for Peyton Manning because then I would, again, just like I was saying, I would feel terrible for him because everybody's going to say, you know, he's he's just not as good as Brady. He doesn't have – as many rings, we can go through that dumb argument. But on the offensive side, I think, you know, I, I just don't like Kubiak's setup against what they have either. I, I think that, uh, you know, they've kind of struggled to always kind of get that in rhythm no matter what kind of quarterback has been in there. I think that's screwed a couple of things up. Uh, and we haven't even touched on uh, the fact that Evan Mathis could win a Super Bowl ring. So that's that's also conflicting. I think he's been one of the best guys, one of the best, best athletes, approachable, uh, very just himself in Philadelphia in, in quite a long time, uh, and f- I know that there's going to be probably a lot of like rooting interest on the, uh, as far as that goes. Even though his season has been kind of up and down, it hasn't been that great. But uh, you know, I I, I, I don't like <laughs> I don't like that de- uh, that uh, uh, Denver uh, offensive line against against that front seven of of Carolina. I just think it's going to create more and more problems. I think you're going to see a lot of short of the sticks on both sides. I think this ends up 21-17. Uh, with a Carolina uh, four-point victory, but uh, with that being said, I know we'll, uh we don't have like a uh, a large segment of our ring the bell here, but uh, this is uh, this is kind of a, where we, where the fun begins. And for the heavy gamblers, this is this is kind of your nut because there's a lot of prop bets out there. So let's start with the the uh, the usual. How long will it take for Lady Gaga to sing the U.S. national national anthem? Now, two minutes and twenty seconds is the over under. I, uh, there's all every year. I feel like everybody tries to push you to take the under on this thing, but every year that they've set the, I think the over is one. And look, I've done no research on this, So totally winging this and I apologize out there, but I think every, uh, national anthem has gone over at least the last two years. So I'm kind of riding on that. And I expect lady Gaga to come out to do, uh, you know, to do a smoking hot, uh, national anthem. So I'm going to take the over on the two and a half. Here's the dabbing part. How many times will uh, Cam Newton be dabbing? Uh, and uh, how? Oh no! How many times will it be said by the announcers during the broadcast? Over two or under two? Uh, over two is even money. Uh, the under two is actually the uh, looks like a, the favorite here is a minus 140 at five to seven. So I'm I'm actually going to take the even money because I uh, on 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 the over two. I I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. So I don't you know uh yeah, moving along we've got uh how many times will cam newton do the open shirt superman uh during the game over under a two and a half um i'm gonna take the under on that one because i don't think he scores that many touchdowns it's really the only time he's gonna do it unless he starts doing it on every first down just to make a point but i don't really kind of see that happening uh which song will Coldplay play first I, I i hope none of them i hope there's a power outage I've never understood why that was a good idea. Like, Coldplay is never the first thing I think of when I, uh, you know, kind of think halftime Super Bowl show. But whatever, Fix You, A a Sky Full of Stars, Viva La Vida, Clocks at 15 to 2, Speed of Sound at 9 to 1, Head Full of Dreams at 10 to 1. You know, as I'm reading this, it's a pretty boring prop, but but I'll say Clocks just for the hell of it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let me try and find some other good ones here that we're going through. Uh, Will there be a lead change in the second half? Uh, yes, plus 120. No, minus 150 being the favorite there. I'm actually going to say yes. Uh, there will definitely be a lead change in the second half. And I'm surprised that no is the favorite there, going off at of 2 to 3. Uh, uh, oh, no, it's not. Yes it is. So that's that. Yeah, that's kind of. I think that's happened almost every single year as well. So uh, who, the last one we'll do. Uh, who will record the most receiving yards in the game? Is it Demarius Thomas? Greg Olson, Emmanuel Sanders, Teddy Ginn, Corey Brown, uh, Demary's time is eleven and four uh, odds. Uh, Greg Olson three to one. Emmanuel Sanders thirteen and four. Man, I, I kind of like Greg Olson for this one. I know he's probably that's that's the worst odds that you can get there at, at three to one. But I I like that a lot. I think that they're. I don't know if Denver's going to try and take them away. I'd be you know uh, would it came to lead beyond Greg Olson Would that thing. You would think they would try and take away their best weapon, but. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I kinda still like uh, uh Greg Olson there. Oh yeah, I got uh, I got Dan chiming in saying he's gonna go Sanders at thirteen to four, which is a that's a if, I, I tell you what, for the for the odds, uh that's actually a pretty good bet. I'd actually put him on both, just uh, just for some fun. I put it on Olson and Sanders to kinda take that away. We're gonna keep it nice and short because uh we've had, <laughs> we've had a lot of a lot of different things kind of bounce around here, but uh, I gotta tell you this, just to, just to uh let us know. Uh, it is going to be our last BGN radio show of the season uh, on Sunday, so we're going to take a little break after the Super Bowl, try and get some things figured out, get some more money in there. Obviously, I think that's that's really that's really all I'm saying. But uh, James Zeltzer and Brandon Lee Gautner are going to be there, as it has been a completely phenomenal, awesome ride this uh, entire season. Being with you guys and uh, just in really enjoying the the uh, the radio experience and you guys being there and. Listen, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have been on the radio at all this season. So we we have to thank you uh, so much for that, James. And again, it's uh, four hours—well, three hours and fifty minutes. They're going to lead you right up into the Flyers' pregame show uh, ten minutes beforehand. But uh, I got to say, like, it's been it's been an awesome uh, season. We're going to have an incredible off season as well. There's going to be some—I'll I'll call them even marquee players. They're going to join us for the NFL draft. Ben Natan and I and a bunch of others, Matt Daring, Patrick Wall, uh, we're all going to be heavily, heavily, heavily talking about the draft in the offseason, especially when the Super Bowl stops, because really, what else is <laughs> you know what else is left to kind of talk about? So here's a couple of names that I'll throw out there. Vernon Adams, everybody's favorite quarterback from Oregon, uh, we're trying to get on and join us, plus some first-rounders. I'll just uh, leave that out there and some first-rounders that we're trying to get a hold of, one of whom – Might be an offensive tackle from Indiana, so that I think would be very exciting. Uh, And uh, a couple of other things. And just like I said at the beginning of the show, NFL draft party. We are ramping that up Uh, April twenty eighth. It'll be the first round. We're trying to find a venue right now, but I can tell you two things: it'll definitely be in Philadelphia. Uh, Sean Brace will definitely be involved. I think Crossing Broad's going to come on and join us as well. There's going to be a lot of different things going on there. There's going to be giveaways. We'll do drink specials. We'll do food specials. We'll do a whole bunch of stuff because we want to meet you. We want to meet everybody. So we, you know, hopefully everybody can make it out there and uh, we can have a ton of fun doing so. So final prediction, again, I've got uh, the Broncos losing to the Carolina Panthers uh, 21-17. I think that's a good uh, number to be there. I'll be out in the the wonderful area of Pittsburgh hanging out and – watching it and screaming on twitter with the rest of you but uh, for myself john barchett i want to thank again everybody for hanging out this off season uh this has been episode number 145 right here on bgn radio and bleeding green we will see you sunday for the last show of the season on 97.5 the fanatic and we will keep you updated on what exactly is going on after that so thanks again guys and uh we will catch you on the flip side this has been bgn radio right here bleedinggreennation.com You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network